I really believe the Lord's given me a message, but before we get too into it, I just want to pray, prepare our hearts that God would speak to each and every one of us, because I believe uh, that God wants to, to really say some things. So, Father, I just thank you, God, that that the weather has worked for us and not against us this week. And, Lord, we do thank you for all the rain that you've given to us, and we do ask, Lord, that you continue to send your rain. We pray, Lord, that you continue to quench those fires. And, Lord, I pray that you would give me the words today to communicate what you've been speaking, what you've been saying. And, Lord, I pray you give us all ears to hear your voice. And we just yield to you in this time, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, to set it up, um, the message that the Lord, I believe the Lord gave me, is whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? And to kind of help set this up, uh, I want to share with you a dream that I had this spring. And the, the overall gist of this dream was I was in this room, good-sized room with a good size amount of people. And in this dream, the Lord it, you know how dreams are. They're, they're a lot more clear in the moment than, than later. But I remember, I don't remember what the word was, but the Lord had a prophetic word that he wanted to give this high school age looking girl. And so I went over to her and I said, hey, the Lord has a word for you. And I believe very, I'm, I'm hearing very strongly what the Lord wants to speak to your life. And the girl was very excited, like, oh, wow, God wants to talk to me? Yeah, I want to hear this prophetic word. And so, you know, I, I assumed the, the protocol in my dream. You know, I put my hand on her shoulder or head or whatever, and I closed my eyes, and I began to, to prophesy what the Lord specifically, clearly wanted to say to her. It was not, oh, I think the Lord's saying. It was, it was a powerful word. And as I began to pray and prophesy, the girl walked away. And I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, open my, I open my eyes, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, we're, and she's like, I'm like, where'd she go? And so I'm like, I am getting, God's talking to me really strong. we got to get this done. Like, that's, that's the way the dream was. So I go, and I find her again. I say, hey, you took off last time, but do you want to? Do you want to hear what God has to say to you? And the girl was like, oh, yes, yes, I want to hear what God has to say to me. I'm like, okay, all right, well, let's, let's do this. And... <laughs> I don't know why, but you know how dreams are. I did it again. And I closed my eyes. She darted off. And when I opened my eyes, I'm like, where'd she go? And so then I remember going to her a third time and being like, all right, don't waste my time. God wants to talk to you. But do you want to hear this? And the girl was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good for it. And this time I'm like, I'm going to pray with my eyes open. I'm watching you. And, <laughs> and then I woke up. And over the course of the past several months, I have had a couple other dreams that are very much, maybe not exactly that dream, but they've all conveyed this idea that God wants to speak, God wants to touch, God wants to encourage, God wants to minister, but the problem is, this is what I'm picking up, what I, I strongly feel this impression from God, that the Lord is saying, Daniel, I am wanting to talk to my people. My people are weary. My people are discouraged. My people are watching what's going on in their world. They're watching their circumstances. They're watching the news. And they're not listening to the right voice. And because they're not listening to my voice, they've grown weary 
They've grown discouraged and depressed. And there's, in many of our, I think for a lot of us, it's almost a, a hopelessness of what, what do we do? What do we do? Is there a hope for us? Is there a hope for our nation? You know, we live in a day and age where you can become a YouTube prophet, where literally you just make your own YouTube channel and start sharing what the Lord speaks to you. And, and so we have, we have like people that call themselves prophets all over the place. Some probably are hearing from God. Some probably are picking up some of what God's saying, some maybe not so much. But what's so interesting to me is that we live in a day and age where everybody's a prophet. You guys notice that? You guys are like, no, Daniel. No, no. They don't call themselves prophets, but they get paid a lot of money to go on TV and tell you about your future. There's a lot of people that get paid money that before that football game ever goes on, they are telling you who's going to win the game and why and who's going to show up. There's a lot of people that get paid to forecast the weather, and sometimes I just don't trust the weather people. I don't know how you can get a job. I mean, I wish I, wish I could be, you know, off as much as the weatherman and still keep my job, and everybody still tunes in to listen to me. But, and I know that we, we live in the Rockies, so they're, you know, the, the Continental Divide, so we'll give them some grace. But my point is, is if you watch the news, some people believe we're headed for a bull market, and some people think we're headed for a crash. They don't go up there and say, you know, I'm a prophet. They go up there and say, let me tell you about your future. Let me tell you about America. We're doomed. Or we're, we're in business, or whatever. They have a prophetic word. And the Lord, I believe, is just saying to us, whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to the voice of God? Or are you listening to the voice of man? Because if you, can, if you keep listening to the voice of man, you're not going to do well. In fact, I can pretty much guess that if you're listening to the voice of man, you're not doing well right now. And I could probably tell you, you know, I, I think that one of the best ways to describe our present but really our future is you, you ever heard the saying, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times? You can pretty much throw a rock into the future and say the best, it's going to be the best of times. And you can say, and it's going to be the worst of times. And it can be both at the exact same time. But when you hear the voice of God, it gives you a grid to process, and it also gives you a grid to navigate. Because when you think of people like Daniel in the Bible, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these were young men who were taken and ripped from their homes, ripped from their culture, taken to foreign soil, becoming slaves in the king's house. And you could say it was the worst of times. But if you read the story of these young men, they learned how to navigate. They learned how to be stealth-like. And before they even knew, in a sense, the Messiah, they became Christ-like. And because they knew how to navigate the times and the seasons, they prospered. And so we can't just look at what our natural eyes see, and we can't just keep listening to what everybody else is saying. Especially when everybody, a lot of the people have a bent. They, they make money off scaring you. They make money off 
discouraging you. And so before I keep going on and on, let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. I'm doing this today with one hand. You should be proud of me because I'm Italian. I need both. So let's see how this goes. 1 John chapter 4. Did we ever get it working on the screen? Computers today. Oh, whatever. This is why we went with a Mac in the sanctuary because we just got fed up with, with this kind of stuff. Uh, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn to 1 John chapter 4. I'm reading in the New King James. It's up there. Isaac, you're a rock star. Everybody just know Isaac's a rock star. This man has the golden touch when it comes to technology, but he also is a servant. And I mean that in a, in a, com, in a compliment. Like, he is a real server, and I appreciate you, Isaac. All right, 1 John chapter 4. This is the Apostle John. He is talking uh, well after Jesus has gone to heaven. And in verse 1, John says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So John is speaking to Christians, and he's concerned. He says, guys, you guys can't buy everything they're selling. And then he goes on to say, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God. And then he goes on to talk about how there are false prophets. Now, I want you to see here, first of all, that a false prophet does not necessarily mean that you got the word wrong. He doesn't say, test the word they gave to see if it comes to pass. Is that, is that making sense? If you, if you guys are tracking me, it's going to get better. It's going to just get, we're going to get, go from get better and better. He's saying here, the way you test if something is of God or not of God is not necessarily if the prophetic word comes to pass. It is you discern it by testing the spirit. I want to turn real quick to the book of Acts chapter 16 to a little, little story to kind of paint a picture of what I'm trying to say. Acts 16, 16. The Apostle Paul is, is who we're talking about here in this, this passage. So I'm going to read this story. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So she told the future. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, if you look at the words of the prophecy that she gave, was there anything wrong with what she had to say? It wasn't inaccurate at all, was it? She just says, these guys, they're servants of God. They're telling you how to be saved. And she follows them around yelling that. But Paul, at verse 18, and she did this for many days, but Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So we see here that 
She had a right word, but a wrong spirit. Paul, as a man of God, discerned that even though the word was right, something was off. There's something wrong with the spirit that is attached to this word. Now, what I want you to see today is that the words that we speak often have a spirit attached to it. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. One of the ways we, we describe this idea is the anointing. You've probably heard that word, the anointing. You maybe have no idea what it means. But the anointing, in a, in a more practical sense, in a down-to-earth sense, is they would have an oil and they would smear. That's what it means to anoint, to smear or to rub oil on a person. And it was a symbolic act to say, you are smeared with the Holy Spirit of God. So there is a Holy Spirit of God. And when you are smeared with him, when you speak what the Lord is speaking, the words that you speak are attached to anointing. You guys doing okay? You guys doing all right? Okay. You guys are really thinking. All right, I hope that's all it is. So you can have a right word, but a wrong spirit, a wrong anointing. Or you can even have, as a Christian, you can operate in spiritual gifts and operate out of a right gift, but you can operate out of the wrong anointing. Because you can actually partner with a demonic spirit. And when you partner with a demonic spirit, you release not just words, not just ideas, but spirit. So when Jesus would speak, it was, people would say things like, you alone have the words of life. Jesus, when you speak, something inside of me comes alive. When you speak, I know that you're right. I know that it's true. How do I know? The scripture, Jesus said something to the effect of, my sheep know my voice. And to a stranger, they won't listen to a stranger. They won't listen to another. Because you have the ability to interpret, to process what spirit they are of. You do have the ability to discern what is of God's spirit and what is of the world's spirit. So I want to come back to this passage here. My pages are just flopping around. I got to have my notes here, my paperweight. So he says, first and foremost, test the spirits. And you can. We can test the spirits. I remember when COVID hit, and I, I used to watch not a lot, but a little bit of news, and I mostly would read the news. But I, over the course of COVID, I realized I, ha I literally just had to shut it off because there was a spirit attached to it. When you watch the news, I would have to pray and detox for at least 20 to 30 minutes 
to detox from the poison of a broadcast. There are spiritual broadcasts that are being sent, not just by our news media, but over the land. And when people in places of authority partner with the spirit realm, they partner with that, it gives authority to the demonic realm to broadcast over that person's sphere of influence. So if a person is, in a, say, a governor of the state of Montana, they actually have the ability in their place of authority to partner with the spirit realm. And we are not slaves to what they broadcast, but we actually, there are broadcasts that are in our county. There are broadcasts that are in our state. There are broadcasts that are in our nation. And if you are not partnering with the Holy Spirit, you will partner with the wrong spirit. And so in verse 2, the Apostle John says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. I'm going to go a little further, but i got to scroll down here. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. I like that. That's a good word. Verse 5, they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. He's talking about the apostles. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What I want you to see here as we look at this, we, he goes, they are of the world. That's why when they speak, the world listens. It's kind of a bummer when you blank out in front of hundreds of people, but it's coming back. <laughs> We're just going to roll with it. I'll try to be, not drag this out. I know it's a little chilly. God bless you guys out in the sun. Way to work it. All right, I'm getting on. All right, here we go. So they speak as the world. Now listen, I'll say this and I'll break it down. The spirit that you listen to will determine the people that you listen to. You guys all, you guys all got that, huh? Wow, I'm, I, I need to break, explain it first, okay? So... I think, thank you. Thanks for the encouragement. I, I have many times in certain seasons felt the presence, so to speak, of a spiritual broadcast. And I have, as a person who is a pastor, knows the scriptures, knows the truth, has had multiple encounters with God that I literally have no I can't, I, I, I can't just go off and say, God, I didn't know. God's like, Daniel, I showed up in your life, and you, you, I am so 
obvious in your life. You can't, po you, if you walk away from me, you're an idiot. Like, I've had real, real legitimate encounters with God. So for me, reading the Bible is, is not just an idea. I, I've encountered God. And I know many of you would say the same thing. You've heard the voice of God. You've had encounters with God. So here I am, having encounters in prayer, trying to pray to God. And as I am praying, I have encountered demonic spirits, demonic broadcasts. And these demonic broadcasts have had some weird ideas. And they are downright... I don't want to over overemphasize uh, the power that they have, but there is a strong, there have been moments where the voice has been so strong, the demonic has, I felt this such a strong push that it kind of, you know, may, maybe, you know, the Bible says that God is love, and, and because God is love, a loving God wouldn't, you know, those kinds of things. Or, well, what about this? Or how can we be cool and fitting with our culture? And I've literally felt this spirit, and I felt slimed by it. And then, after encountering this spirit, I have encountered people, teachers, professors, that start saying the same stuff. And then I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I guess I can say that. <laughs> I've gotten, in tr I've gotten reprimanded before, not by Tim, but by some well-meaning. I'm going to shut my mouth just before it gets worse. But I'm like, whoa, you didn't hear that from you. You heard that from the Spirit. Pastor Tim, about a month ago, he did an amazing message about casting out demons, you know, good, good, good wholesome stuff. And he, you, he talked about the verse about the doctrine or the teaching of demons. It's exactly what we're running into. But here's the thing. God's not afraid to let us be tested. Because he wants to know who's on board and who's not. Who's worth, who's worth having in his home and who's not. And so God is not taking away our problems. He's not taking away spiritual warfare. He wants to know when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, who has a backbone? Who sticks with it? Who knows the truth? Because he says, they are of the world. So when they, when, when the, I don't want to name drop people and make people sound bad, but there are a lot of names out there that are just wishy-washy people. And if you don't have the Spirit of God inside of you, you're like, you'll buckle. You will bow before Baal. You will bow before the works of darkness. But he says, but we are of God. So when stuff happens... We can humbly and lovingly, because we haven't always done this humbly or lovingly. And that's part, that hasn't helped us. But in a place of humility, in a place of love, be firm. Because we hear the voice of God. And as I'm speaking to you today, many of you are recognizing that the words that I speak to you, now, not my words, but you're recognizing the grace of the Holy Spirit on this. And you know I'm telling you the truth. Not because of me, but because it is being confirmed by the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit of truth, if you've given your life to Jesus, is in you. And there are some of you in this room that the Spirit of Jesus right now is not in you. But you know I'm telling the truth because he's with you right now. And he says, I'm with you but I want to be in you.
and you can invite right now, even without me giving you a fancy prayer, right where you are, you can just, just speak to the Lord. Lord, come in. Holy Spirit, I want the right spirit. I want you to come and live in my heart. Come and live in my life. The next thing I want to see you guys to see in this verse, and I know we already kind of mentioned it, but I want to look at it a little bit more. In verse 4, he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, this is a litmus test I want you to see here. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, and a lot of people have really grown weary and feel like, now what do we do? Who do we believe? What about the future of our nation? You know, you see these things, just governments and COVID and creepy things, creepy governmental things that remind you of 1984, if you've ever read the book. And then... There sets in this thought like, you know, just come back, Jesus, because we're, we're doomed. It's over. It's over. You guys are like, yeah, you're right. Let's, <laughs> don't be so happy about, not Je- we want Jesus coming back, but not the whole doom and gloom. You know, I think that a lot of times there's such a misunderstanding of the prophetic, and I don't have time to go into it, but in the Old, Old Testament prophecy is not the same as New Testament prophecy, just so you know. It does not work the same. There are some overlapping things, but it is a completely different ministry. They have a different role and a different job. But there is this weird idea, I think, that a lot of us have, that if it's, if it's a bad prophecy, it must be of God. If it's, if it's about your nation burning to the ground, that must be God, because we know that's what God's voice sounds like. Because in the Old Testament, God's like, Nineveh's going to burn, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah are going down. Like, we have this mentality that if somebody says, hey, there's a future and there's a hope for America, we're like, false prophet, because only real prophets prophesy bad things, right? You laugh because you're like, yeah, that's how we know. (laughs) And so there have been a lot of prophets that have prophesied a lot of things. And you got to understand, one of the things that really prophets are really bad at is timing. Because they get their messages from a guy who says, I'll be back soon. (laughs) I'll give you guys a moment to think that through. Jesus, Jesus said, I'll be back soon, 2,000 years ago. So prophets do not do very well with time. So we think three months, and God's like, actually, it was seven years, because in my book, seven years is like that. Like, oh, okay. So what I want you to see, the real litmus test is, little children, verse 4, you've overcome them. If you don't have a spirit of overcoming, you're listening to the wrong voice. I'm not saying that it's all going to be pretty. God has told me things I, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, God, just tell me the truth. I can, I can take it. I'd rather you tell me the truth. Because a lot of times, God will only tell me the good stuff. And then I tell people the good stuff, and they're like, uh, that's not what happened. And you're like, well, he didn't, I, I was right. But he just didn't tell me the whole story. That's what God does. He sends you to your promised land, but forgets to tell you there's giants. He doesn't, he does that. 
So, so when, when God tell, gives a word, he often doesn't tell you the whole picture for a reason. He doesn't tell you the problem. He tells you the solution. So I've been like, God, tell me the whole story. Tell me the whole picture. But nevertheless, the Lord has spoken things that are not very encouraging at times, things I don't want. But no matter what, no matter, you go through the Bible. Every time God has to tear down, he rebuilds. Every time God sends away, he calls back. Every time things are falling apart, God's like, we're going to have to do this the hard way because you're just hard of hearing. But listen to me. There is a future. There is a hope. There are prophetic words. And if you think we're doomed, you're listening to the wrong spirit. And I'm, you're not listening to a bad idea. You are, if you are not operating out of hope, you are being influenced by a demonic spirit, the doctrine of demons. And you and I need to grow up. And I'll, I don't mean that, I hope I didn't come across badly. But we have got to learn how to discern. And, and, I, and I always, I get nervous talking this way because I don't want people to go and start being like, oh, they've got a Jezebel spirit. Oh, they've got a spirit of pride on them. I can tell by the worship team. Like, oh, boy. That is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the spirit of suspicion. Okay, so let's not get weird about things. But as we grow and stay in connection with other people where they can speak into our lives, operate out of humility and being grounded in the scriptures, we can grow and we can discern. Because he says right here in verse 6, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. Who is us? Well, obviously, it's John, the apostle. But he's talking about the, the apostles who wrote the New Testament. So when he's saying, listen, if it contradicts the word of God, you know it's not of God. I know it's not rocket science. But listen to me. I'm just going to say what I really think, and I hope this doesn't go bad. You guys are like, yeah, this, this could. We've, we've heard you, Daniel. Why do we go to the world for counsel? Why do we go to people that are not Christians for advice? I cannot tell you how many times I have watched and seen Christians, whether it's marital issues, no, no judgment or condemnation, whether, you know, whether it's marital counsel or just normal counseling, why wouldn't you go to a Christian? Why wouldn't you go to somebody that believes the truth? I've heard some of the counsel that's come out of people that are not Christians. And I'm like, and you went back to them? That is, that is like the opposite of what the Bible says. Why are you getting counsel from this? And some of us go to friends that are not Christians. And they give you counsel like, well, I wouldn't put up with that. You should tell your boss off. That's the wrong spirit. We have got to learn. And the best way to learn is by getting into the scriptures. But I want to look at a passage of scripture out of Jeremiah. The whole passage is really good. It's in the Old Testament. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time and your ability to process in your brain. Come on. I'm scrolling for the book of Jeremiah. I'm getting there. But I want to highlight a few verses that the Lord speaks to Jeremiah about prophecy and false prophets. Verse 18, 
It's the Lord says, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? That is what I'm exhorting you today, to stand in the counsel of the Lord. I'll talk more about this. And who has, per, who has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? Verse 21. The Lord says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. And then in verse 28, the Lord says, The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has a word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, says the Lord. So I, I want, what he's saying here is, what is the difference between the chaff and the wheat? So when, you know, we don't know much. I don't even know much about this farming stuff. But chaff is worthless. You want to get rid of the chaff. But the uh, wheat, you know, that's what goes in your cereal, right? <laughs> it goes in your bread. So when you go, there is a separation between the worthless and what is valuable. And he's saying here in verse 29, Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. He's saying here, there is a difference between chaff and wheat. And in the same way, there's a difference between my word and everybody else's word. Because my word is like a hammer. My word is powerful. My word is weighty. And I believe today the Lord is saying to us, if you get nothing else out of what I'm saying, the Lord, is, I believe, is saying, I want to talk to you. I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you directly. Like, not necessarily even through another prophet-like person, but one God directly to you. You say, Daniel, I'm not a prophet. That's okay, because you're his sheep. And his sheep hear his voice, and God wants relationship with you. He did it in the Old Testament where the prophet would give you the word, but now the Lord is saying, I want to talk to you directly. I want to have fellowship, a relationship with you directly, and you're getting weary, and you're getting discouraged, but you need to hear my voice every single day. You need to stand in my counsel, and not merely just, how do I say, not just Merely read my word. You need to hear my voice through my word. Let me explain this. In, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was, was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And the devil came and he tempted Jesus and said, See those rocks? If you're the Son of God, turn those rocks into bread. If you can, if you can do this, prove it. And Jesus said, he quotes an Old Testament passage, which I love and I would like to talk about a lot, but I'm going to be short for your sake. But Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, the word word there, there's two words, Greek words for the word word. Some of you heard this, but let's, pay, let's, let's all, all go to school here. 
The Greek word logos is what we, in this context, is the Scriptures. It is the entire Word of God. It is the fullness of the Word of God. It's the whole enchilada. But when Jesus speaks, he does not use the word logos. He uses the word rhema. Rhema is an utterance. It is a specific word at a specific time to a specific person. So the, the logos is the scriptures. That's what God has said. But the rhema is what God is saying. So Jesus is quoting this verse and saying, listen to me, man does not live on Twinkies and burgers and pizza and tacos alone. So think about, think about the implications. Man lives by the rhema. Rhema. A breath, a word, a touch from God. So, you and I, it is necessary for life that we get that daily spoken rhema from God. But here's the thing. That scripture that Jesus was quoting was out of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And the context of that verse, hope I'm not losing you guys, the context of that verse was the people of Israel were out in the wilderness. They were out in the desert. And in a desert, there are no taco stands. There is no pizza hut. And so they came to a place of lack with no food. And God says, I'm going to provide this stuff. And he doesn't even tell them what it's going to be called. And they pick it off the ground and say, what is it? And they're like, kind of has a honey flavor to it. Not bad. And for all these, for like 40 years, they eat this stuff called manna. And the name manna actually means in the original language, what is it? So every day, every day, the people of God would go and have manna waffles and manna pancakes. And they say, I want some what is it pancakes. And I want some what is it bread. And I want some what is it, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so they didn't know what it was, but every morning it would show up like the, with the dew and they would pick it up and they'd scoop it up every day. And some of the people got greedy because that's what we do. We want to hoard stuff. So the people were like, I'm going to get all I can get because what if I don't get it tomorrow? And they take it back to their tent. And the next day, worms. God's like, I told you, you need it every day. Every day the people would go out to get the bread. And Jesus is saying to us today, every day, your spirit needs to go and get the bread of my spirit, the bread of my word. How do you know what is a false spirit and what is a real spirit? You when you learn the real thing by standing in his counsel, by digging into the scriptures, by praying, listening, and even testing it out where you practice hearing God's voice and then you got it wrong and you're like, well, that wasn't it. That's not what God's voice sounds like. We stand in his counsel, receive that daily bread, the daily word of God, and out of that place, we can tell 
the difference between the truth and a phony because we can discern the spirit behind it. I probably should land this plane. Keep going. No, it's cold. You guys, you guys have been awesome. You guys want to stand up? If I could have the prayer team come to the front. So in just a moment, I'm going to pray a, a prayer of dismissal and a pray over you. If you would like prayer uh, for anything, uh, there's, we have some people up here that are willing to pray with you and if, whatever it is, whether it's a physical touch, emotional touch, whatever. But also, I just want to remind you, if you came to have your motorcycle blessed or maybe it's some other vehicle that you want uh, blessed, you can go back. There's a tent right there for a Christian Motorcycle Association. You can go back there and, and they'll pray over you and pray over your vehicle. So uh, you have double options for prayer today. Uh, and like I said, I'll, I'll pray. But before I do that, I just want to communicate this, that in probably about what, about 20 minutes, Michonne, so about 11 55, uh, we'll do, start doing some cleanup around here. So don't don't feel like you have to do like put away chairs just yet. Take some time to fellowship, and I'll pray. And uh, yes, let's do that. Father, we honor you. We thank you, God, that you have met with us today. Lord, I pray that in our lives we genuinely would hear your voice. God, for ourselves. Let every person, I pray, come to know you. If you want Jesus in your heart, if you want to make him Lord, if you want to have real life, if you want to follow him, just say something to the effect of, Lord, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come in my life. Be in charge. It's all you have to do. Just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You believe and you confess. And then he comes and lives on the inside of you. And Lord, we are your sheep. We hear your voice. Let no person say that they don't know how to hear God. Let no person say they don't know if we have a future or a hope. But Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak the very overcoming life of your spirit into us. I just declare that we are the people of God and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Father, I just pray that you would make your people strong, powerful, faith-filled. God, we invite you to be in charge. Rule and reign in us. Give us ears to hear you, we pray. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.